How sweet that sound that was. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Zach. As always, it is so good to see you in the house of the Lord. I'm always honored by those individuals that have decided to make some time to just come into the presence of the Lord and to receive from the Word of God. And it is always my prayer that your diligence is rewarded by the Lord. Amen. So I don't want to bore you this evening. I don't want to waste your time. I want you to receive everything that the Holy Spirit has for you. And in order to do that, we're going to go to the Lord in prayer one more time. I ask that He anoint me and anoint you and bless our time together in His house. Amen. Father God, we just praise you, first of all, for your amazing grace that saved a wretch like me, that saved a wretch like all of us. God, we once were lost, but now we're found. And we were blind, but now we see, all because of your amazing grace. And God, we need your grace again this evening, Lord God. We need your grace to receive your word. I need your grace to to deliver your word. Because we can't do it on our own, Father God. We need your anointing. We need your Holy Spirit. We need your power and your presence. And I thank you that you're with us this evening, Father God. So now we pray that you would consume us. Father God, that you would arrest our minds and that you would arrest our hearts. God, that you would arrest my mouth. That it would bring forth your words and not my own, God. That you would come against every hindering spirit, every distraction, every disturbance, God, that would try to just disrupt your word and and your will. We commit our time together to you, Father God, and ask that you would be glorified in our lives. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. Tonight I'm going to talk to you. The title of my message this evening is, Blessed Are They?, I thought I'd be able to get it all in 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 one week, but the more I studied it, the more I prayed over it, the more I pondered it, you know me. i got to break it up so I can, you know, just get everything that I feel like the Holy Spirit wants. So all I know is tonight is part one. I don't know how many parts we're going to go, but we'll see how the Holy Spirit directs. Uh, We're going to read from Psalm 1, uh, verses 1 through 6. It's the entire book of of Psalm chapter 1. But I'm only going to probably preach on the first verse this evening. It says this. These are the words of the Lord. Blessed are they who walk not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful or the scoffers or the mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, they meditate both day and night. They shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever they do shall prosper because they are blessed. The ungodly are not so, says verse 4, but are like the chaff or empty, useless shells which the wind drives away. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in judgment, but they shall fall, nor shall sinners stand in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. I don't know about you, church, but I don't want to perish. I'd rather be blessed. Amen. I'd rather be counted among those that are blessed rather than counted among those that shall perish. But tonight, what I want to focus on is simply blessed Are they? And the first thing that I want us to see uh, is that the psalmist uh, David begins uh, this book by establishing the result of righteousness. 
he begins by establishing uh, the very first thing that he makes clear uh, is the rewards of those that are righteous, church. The very first thing, uh, or the very first verse, clearly reveals the the reward of the righteous, and that's this thing called blessedness. And what I gather and what I want you to understand from this is that in a world that is filled with wickedness and a world that is filled with corruption, in the middle of a world that is filled with sadness and sorrow and disappointment and discouragement, in the middle of a world that is filled with violence and vulgarity and all sorts of vices, David reminds us that we can still be blessed. In the midst of a corrupt and crooked generation, the psalmist David reveals to us that there is a way in the midst of it all for us to be blessed. And that's what we're going to look at this evening because he said, blessed are they. The very first verse in what I consider the greatest book of the Bible, Psalms to me, the book of Psalms is, is probably to me the greatest book in the Bible. It's filled with everything that you need to make it through the day. And I encourage you that if you're going through this, this, you know, this, uh, reading the Bible through in a year or whether you're not, that whatever you make part of your daily reading schedule, that you include the Psalms. You include the Proverbs as well. But anyway, the, in the very first verse, uh, David makes it clear what the way of the righteous is. And he establishes in, in even just the first two verses how you and I can be blessed. I believe that the very first verse in, in this book, in this chapter rather, shows us the path that we should avoid. And it shows us the path that we should take instead. And it reveals the results of either path that we take. And we're going to look at it. As, as you begin to, to study this chapter and we begin to study this verse, we discover that this is actually a psalm of instruction concerning good and evil. It is a psalm of instruction that talks about life and death. It is a psalm that reveals to us the way to happiness or the way to hurt. It reveals to us the way to the way of the righteousness and the way of those that become ruined. This chapter and this one verse reveals to us the way of prosperity as well as the way of pain. And it sets before us, like we learned a couple weeks ago, a blessing and a curse. And like I said, I don't know about you, but I want to learn the way of blessedness. I want to learn the way of prosperity instead of pain. I want to, I want to learn the way of being helped along the way rather than being hurt along the way. And David reveals it in this chapter and in this verse when he says, blessed are they. This chapter clearly defines those who have a heart for God and those who don't have a heart for God. It reveals to us those who serve God and those who don't serve God. It reveals to us those who are blessed by Him and those who are not blessed by Him. As short of a chapter as it is, church, it is a mirror that allows us to see clearly who we are to God and who we are to others as well. And that is either saint or sinner. It is either righteous or unrighteous. It is either godly or ungodly. It is either blessed or it is cursed, church. This book, this chapter, and these couple verses that we're going to look at in the beginning reveal to us the reward or the compensation of whatever road we decide to follow. And that is blessedness or cursedness. 
And the reality is you and I will walk in one of those. You and I will, re- you and I will receive one of those two uh, conditions in our life. It's what we will experience, blessedness or cursedness. Please understand when you read this and you study this, God makes no division between those who are rich and poor. He makes no division or distinction between those that are black or white or any other color. He makes no distinction between those who are young or old or rich or poor or male or female or popular or peon. He makes no distinction or doesn't categorize people in that manner in this verse. He simply boils it down to one thing, saint or sinner. Blessed or cursed. And no matter what other category you might fall into, every single one of us will, uh, will be categorized as sinner or saint. Blessed or cursed. Saved or unsaved. Righteous or unrighteous. Godly or ungodly. However you want to look at it, church. But the first word alone, here's what I want you to see before I move on. The first word alone in this chapter, in this verse, defines the condition of the godly ones. It defines the condition of those who are righteous, and that condition is blessedness. You see, what I want you to understand is that blessedness is a condition of our soul. Blessedness that I'm talking about and the blessedness that the Word of God is talking about is a condition in which you can live. It's a condition of your heart, a condition of your life, a condition of your soul, a condition of your mind, a condition of your marriage, a condition of your job, a condition of your finances. The the, the reality is and what I want you to understand is that the, the Bible tells us that the righteous are blessed. That they experience a certain condition in their life. And we're going to find out how we can be blessed as we go. Blessed are they, the Bible says. And he starts with the condition. Blessed. He makes blessedness the, the very first verse. And then we learn how we can be blessed. And it's what we're going to look at as we go. But here's what I want you to understand the word blessedness means here. It's an abundance of meanings according to scriptural definition. You can, you can put in there, happy are they, prosperous are they, successful are they, fulfilled are they, fortunate are they, favored are they, Content are they, fruitful are they, productive are they, lacking in no such way are they, God says. So the question is, who are they that David is talking about? The question is, who are they that are blessed? Who are they that are fulfilled? Who are they that are happy? Who are they that get to experience all these good things in their life? Who are they? David makes it very clear. They are those who are careful where they walk Careful where they stand and careful where they sit. And those are the three things that I'm going to look at this evening. Because the reality is, if you're not careful where you walk, you won't be blessed. The reality is, if you're not careful where you stand, you won't be blessed. The reality is, if you're not careful where you sit in life and who you sit among, you won't be blessed, but you'll be cursed. You won't be fulfilled. You'll be an empty piece of chaff that is blown away by the breath of God. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be empty chaff. I want to be a vessel that's filled with the power and the goodness and the blessedness of God. And in order for that to happen in my life, in order for you to experience in that in your life, we have to understand this passage of Scripture. 
we have to understand this book. The first word in Psalms chapter 1 reveals to us the reward of the righteous. It, it reveals to us the condition of those who are careful where they walk, stand, and sit. And I want you to understand as I go the progression. You see, you first walk, and then you stand, and then you sit. And as I go through this, I want you to understand that I'm talking about a spiritual decline here. I want you to understand that when you're not careful where you walk and who you walk among, you will begin a spiritual decline and you will begin to stand where you shouldn't stand. And before you know it, you're going to end up sitting where you shouldn't be sitting. Some of us have learned that the hard way, amen? But David is teaching us here, and the Spirit of God is teaching us how we can be blessed. Psalm 1-1 is telling us that the condition of a man is determined by the rules he chooses to live by. The blessedness of a man is determined by the force that he allows to control him and by the Spirit that guides his steps. This is what the passage is teaching us. The first thing we need to understand about this passage is that the blessedness that David is talking about or that, that our blessedness is first determined by who we are not and by what we don't do. The reality is, blessed, he, listen to what he said, blessed are they who do not do certain things. I want you to understand the blessedness that I'm talking about begins, church, uh, is determined by who we are not and what we don't do. You remember, in order to be counted among the righteous, in order to be counted among the blessed, to be, in order to be counted among the, the faithful and God's favored, we must first learn to what? Come out from among them and be separate, God says. The first thing we must learn to do according to 2 Corinthians 6.17 is to touch not the unclean thing, and then I will receive you, God said, and then I will bless you, God said. There are things that we must learn not to do as Christians. There are things we must learn not to do as sons and daughters of the Most High God. And it is biblical and it is scriptural. And I'm going to teach you this, church. The first thing that we are commanded to do is to come out and be not like them. Be not like this world. Be not conformed to this world. Be not fashioned uh, into the image or the likeness of this world. Don't walk like this world. Talk like this world. Live like this world. Act like this world. Curse like this world. Party like this world. Dress like this world. Have an attitude like this world. There are things as believers that we should not do. Yes, amen. Unfortunately, one of the biggest problems, church, with today's modern Christianity and with so many so-called Christians is that they won't stop doing things. One of the biggest problems we face in the house of God and in the family of God is someone will say a little prayer, but yet they won't stop doing things. They won't stop going to the bar. They won't stop going to the brothel. They won't stop gossiping. They won't stop looking at pornography. They won't stop taking drugs. They won't stop lying. They won't stop cheating. won't stop having sex. won't stop fornication. There's things they won't stop. But the reality is, in order for you to be blessed, David makes it clear, listen, there are things you've got to stop doing. There's things you've got to be willing to walk away from and say, I won't do those things anymore. 
Blessed are they that do not walk a certain way, do not stand in a certain place, and do not, listen to me, sit in certain places. The sad reality is the house of God is filled with individuals that are walking with the ungodly. The house of God is filled with individuals that are standing around with sinners. The house of God is filled with individuals that are plopping and sitting themselves beside those who mock God. And they wonder why they're not blessed. They wonder why they're empty shells whose life just seems to be blowing away because they have not yet learned how to be blessed. Because they have not yet stopped doing certain things. Listen, understand me clearly. I, I, I completely understand and realize that it is not by works that we are saved. But I want you to clearly understand being saved and being blessed are two different things. What we're talking about here. I want you to understand that if you want the favor of God and the blessings of God, you got to do more than just pray, God, save my soul. you got to stop doing some things and start doing some other things instead. Unfortunately, I'm not going to get to that part this week. I'm looking at the don't do's this week. And we'll look at the things that we're supposed to do instead next week. But we're to come out from among them and stop doing certain things, church. The truth is, the godly walk not in the counsel or company of the ungodly. Because those who desire to be blessed, those who desire to be favored, those who desire to be fulfilled, those who desire to have God's goodness in their life and to be fruitful and productive in their spiritual life have to be willing to say like David in Psalm 119, 115, Get out of my life, you evil-minded people, for I intend to obey the command of the Lord. You see, the reality is for you to be blessed, you got to be willing to say to someone, get out of my way, you evil-minded man, you evil-minded woman, you evil-minded spirit, you evil-minded whoever it might be, because my desire is to be blessed. And I can't be blessed if I walk according to your counsel. I can't be blessed if I, if I give ear to your advice. I, you understand what I'm saying, church? It is the fool that takes advice from a fool. But it is a wise man that takes advice from God. Godly counsel. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel or company of the ungodly. It's the first truth that David reveals. It's the first truth we discover when we begin to read through Psalm chapter 1. Listen, Romans 12 speaks to the same exact matter when it says, Be not conformed to this world or like it in any way, but rather be transformed. When he says, Be not conformed to this world, like I said, he means don't be like this world. Don't be fashioned like this world and form like this world and think like this world and make decisions like this world because this world is not directed by the Spirit of God. They're directed by the Spirit of lust. They're directed by the spirit of greed. They're, just, they're, they're, they're directed by the spirit of self-sufficiency and self-pride and, and self-knowledge. And that's not going to get you where you need to go. You see, the one simple truth that I'm trying to make is that the blessed are blessed because they don't do certain things. The blessed are blessed because they don't do certain things. Like I said, they don't wear certain things, say certain things. They don't go certain places and do certain things. They walk not, stand not, sit not where they shouldn't, church. 
Because if they do, according to this book, according to this chapter in verse 6, it says they will become nothing more than empty shells or chaff that is blown away by the breath of God himself. If you and I don't learn these three things, if we don't learn to walk not, stand not, and sit not, guess what? Your life will be empty. Your marriage will be empty. Your bank account will be empty. Your mind will be empty. Your heart, everything about you will be like chaff that will be blown away by the breath of God himself. But when we read on, and I don't want to get ahead of myself, when you learn these three things, what's it say later on? You shall be planted like a tree. You won't be moved no matter what comes your way. No matter what breath comes your way, you won't be moved because you've learned what it means to be blessed. Blessed are they. And I hope that we're all counted among those individuals this evening, church. The truth is righteousness begins by separating ourselves from this world and unto God. By separating ourselves from Adam unto Christ instead. The truth is the character and condition of a man is determined, like I said, by the rules he decides to live by and the paths he chooses to walk on. The the, the condition and the character of a man is determined by the standards that direct his feet and by the statues that keep them there. You see, if you don't have any standards and you don't have any statutes, they won't weigh you down. You see, the statutes you, you cling to, the standards you live by, they keep your feet planted, church. And so when the winds of whatever come by, you won't be moved. If you don't have any godly standards, godly principles, if you don't have any of this as a foundation in your life, you're going to be moved. You'll end up who knows where. You'll end up anywhere except in the will of God, church. The the condition... (coughs) Excuse me. The condition of us all is determined as much by what we don't do as it is by what we do do and are willing to do. You see, you've got to be willing to not do things, and you've got to be willing to do things in order to experience blessedness that God has for us in our lives. And according to someone, there are three things a blessed man, a blessed man doesn't do. And I'm going to look at them in the time that we have. The first thing they don't do, they walk not in the the counsel or the ways of the ungodly. They stand not in the way of sinners. And they sit not in the seat of scoffers, mockers, or scorners. Understand, the don'ts are mentioned first because departing from evil is where wisdom begins. Departing from evil, church, is where character begins. The, the Word of God tells us in Psalm 34, 14, Depart from evil and do good, and then I will shine upon you. Depart from evil and do good, and then I will hear your cries. You, you need to understand, church, that departing from evil is the first step toward blessedness. That departing from evil is the first step towards God's blessings over your life. Like I shared last week, we've got to be willing to leave the common and carnal crowd behind. Remember, we talked about that last week. In order to get to the other side, and tonight you can consider the other side that place of blessedness. In order to get there, you better be willing to leave the common carnal crowds behind. You better be willing to come out from among that crowd and be ye separate, says the Lord. This is how you and I are blessed. 
David said, when you walk in the counsel of the ungodly, and listen to this church, it means when you heed their advice, it means when you give ear to their opinion, it means when you actually begin to consider their counsel. It means, church, that when you allow their words or their words to influence your thoughts and your ways and your life, your direction will become disrupted. It tells us that that our ways will begin to wane, will get weak, and that our, I mean our walk will begin to wane and our ways will begin to wander. When you give ear to those who have not God in their life. When you begin to heed their advice and you begin to consider their counsel, even though they do not have God in their life, you're headed in the wrong direction. And you better be careful, church, because you're going to end up standing where you don't want to stand. Before you know it, you're not moving forward when you walk in the counsel and company of the ungodly. I I want you to remember that this is a progression downward. When you don't walk, when you walk with the ungodly, you're going to end up standing in the midst of sinners. This is what David is trying to teach us, church. When we're not careful where we walk, we're going to end up standing in the wrong place. Why do you think the Bible tells us, listen, why do you think the Bible tells us to be not unequally yoked? If you know anything about a yoke... What it means is that you, when you are yoked to someone, you are walking side by side with that someone. When you are yoked to someone, you are influenced by their power. When you're yoked to someone, someone else leads you. You see, when you're yoked to someone, you follow their direction and, and you are, you are literally overtaken by their power. When, when, a, when a young livestock needs to be taught how to plow, they are yoked to someone stronger. And that someone that they're yoked to is the one that sets the course, the one that sets the pace, and the other one has to keep up. Why does God say, be not unequally yoked? Because you're going to end up going in the wrong direction, and you're going to find yourself standing in the center of sin in the process. This is what you have to understand. When the prodigal son walked away from the father, he yoked himself to a stranger, the Bible says. And you know where he ended up. When he walked away from the father, when he no longer walked in the counsel of the godly, which was his father, when he separated himself, church, from the truth, when he separated himself from righteousness, when he began to walk in the company and counsel of the ungodly, guess where he ended up? He ended up sitting in the center of sin. He ended up in a pig pen. It's not where he thought he was going to end up. He thought the way that he was going was going to lead to all kinds of great things, but he ended up standing in the center of sin. Sitting in the center of slop church and it's what will happen with you and I when we when we choose to walk in the counsel and company of the ungodly according to the word of God the righteous and the blessed do not do three things they don't walk with the ungodly they don't stand with the sinner and they don't sit among the scoffers church. I want you to understand that when you walk the wrong way, you're going to end up standing where you shouldn't sit. And here's what I want you to understand. Psalm 1, David describes three degrees of evil that man falls into. Three degrees of evil that man are recognized by. They are first ungodly, they are secondly a sinner, and they are thirdly a scoffer. These are three degrees of evil, and I'm going to give you a definition of each and and show you the results. First, 
They are ungodly. The ungodly have no fear or reverence for God. The ungodly live in neglect to their duty to God and don't fulfill their, they don't understand their position in regards to God as well. In other words, the ungodly fail to realize that he is the potter and they are the clay. They don't allow him to fashion them and form them and mold them. I want you to understand that the ungodly do not realize or understand or live by the fact that he is the creator and they are the creation. You see, the ungodly, they just do what is right in their own eyes. The ungodly walk in their own ways and they lean on their own understanding. They don't acknowledge God in any of their ways. They are ungodly. And what that means is they just have not God in their life. I hope you understand, as good as a person might be, if they don't have God, they're ungodly. I hope you understand, no matter how good an individual might be and how many good things they might do, if they don't have Jesus Christ, they're unrighteous. You need to understand, it starts with the ungodly. Listen, you and I are born ungodly. You and I are born separated from God. You and I are born without an understanding of who we really are in the eyes of God. It starts with the ungodly. But if you walk with the ungodly and and if you walk as the ungodly, you're going to fall into the next set of sin. You're going to fall into the next degree, church. But before I go to that, I want you to understand they are first ungodly. They walk the wrong way through life. And when you walk in the way of the ungodly, it will lead you to the second degree of evil. When you walk in the way of the ungodly, when you allow them to have influence over your life, you will descend into the second degree of evil, church. When you walk with those who walk not with God, you're going to be led to the center of sin. And a lot of us, church, if not all of us, have discovered that at some point in our life. But David is reminding us that we better be careful where we walk if we want to be blessed. The next stage that we go to, church, the second degree of evil, it takes us to that of sinners. First they are ungodly, then they are sinners. The sinners, once they reject God, once they fail to respond to Him, once they walk in their own ways for any period of time as the ungodly church, then they move to the status of a sinner. You see, the sinner begins to live in open sin. The sinner begins to live in open rebellion against God and the will of God and, and, the, and the Spirit of God that is trying to move upon his heart. And they begin the practices of sin and the practices of Satan. Their lifestyle, their actually lifestyle and their entire thought process becomes conformed to that of the world and to that of sin. They are surrounded by sin, partake of sin, and sin becomes a regular practice in their life. They become a reflection of this world and all that it contains. They are a sinner, church. They begin to practice the things they shouldn't practice. They are fashioned not by the Creator, but they are fashioned by the corruption and the sin that surrounds them in life. Here's what we need to understand. The sinner omits anything godly from their life. They might not start out that way, but the sinner, as they, it becomes a lifestyle, it, it, they omit 
anything godly from their life. They begin to omit the word of God. They omit the house of God. They omit the, they omit the influence of God and the spirit of God and the presence of God and the people of God and any godly influence over their life. They omit it and keep it out of their life, church. And that omission leads to commission. And let me explain. Because when the fear of God and the reverence of God and the obedience of God and the presence of God and the word of God and all of those things are omitted from your life, when they're left out of your life, church, then sin is committed in our life. I don't care how long you think you, you've been saved. If you omit certain things from your faith and you omit certain things from your life, you're going to end up in the center of sin. And you're going to revert back to being nothing more than a sinner, church, that needs the grace of God once again in their life. There are certain things we cannot omit from our lives because when we do, it will begin to lead to the sins of commission. We become the individual who practices that which grieves the heart of God. We can't do that and expect to be blessed. We cannot, we cannot do any of these things and expect to have God's blessings bestowed upon our life. Why do you think David said, how shall a young man keep his ways pure? By keeping it and guarding it according to the word of God. So what we have to understand is that when we omit all of these things, church, we're going to descend into sin. The sinner then descends into this, this condition called a scorner. Because a sinner, church, listen, after a while, a sinner's heart will grow cold. After a while, with God continuing to try to move and nudge, you see, the more you sin the harder your heart gets. And you're going to get harder and you're going to get colder and you're going to get farther away from God. And before you know it, church, all of a sudden you get to this point where you don't even, you're not even grieved over your sin. You're not even broken over your sin. You don't even care about your sin. Or like Jeremiah teaches, you don't even blush over your sin. You see, the reality is there are degrees of ungodliness. The reality is there are degrees of evil that David is making clear to us because you can go from a place of being in sin where at least the Spirit of God has your attention. At least the Spirit of God can move upon your heart. But there is a place that you can descend to where you don't even feel that nudge, where you don't even hear that voice because you've pushed them away so long because you've hardened your heart so long. Because you've ignored and rebelled against the spirit and the voice and the presence of God for so long that your heart becomes like stone. And when you're there, you better be careful because the next degree of evil is that of a scorner. Because the reality is when you push God away for so long, the next thing is to begin to mock God. You see, not only, you see, the sinner just rejects God. The sinner ignores God. The sinner it just pushes, tries to push God away. But I want you to understand when you push long enough, you will turn into a scorner who not only pushes but curses God. You can descend into a scorner where you're not just rejecting God, but you're mocking God and you're scorning God and you're laughing at God and you're spitting at God. You see, and the reality is, listen, our society is filled with scorners and mockers today. And you can see it. Turn on the TV. Look at Hollywood. Listen to some individuals. I want you to understand that our society has descended so deep that our society today is filled with scorners who mock God. They mock the Word of God. 
They mocked the power of God. They mocked the, the, the house of God. They mocked the man of God. They mocked the people of God. They mocked the presence of God. They are not sinners. They are scorners who are halfway to hell, church. Understand, I want you to understand that if you study the Bible long enough, you will discover that there are six degrees of evil. There are six degrees of evil, and the sixth degree is hell. The sixth degree is the worst of all evils. It is the antithesis of everything good and godly. It is hell. It is the sixth degree of evil. But when you descend to that of a scorner, please understand, you're halfway to hell. You're halfway to hell. And it all began because you weren't careful where you walked. You, you can end up halfway to hell just because you refuse to walk not in the counsel and the company of the ungodly. Well, it's not going to do anything. This little bit, this little won't hurt. That little won't hurt. I'm just going here. I'm just going there. I'm just giving a little ear. I'm just taking a little taste. Just a little. In the company of those that are corrupt. And before you know it, church, listen to me. You'll find yourself halfway to hell wondering how you got there. You don't even want to know about the other degrees, but these are the degrees that David is teaching us. These are the degrees that every single one of us have the absolute potential of falling into. There may be some of us that are in one of these three today. I don't have God. Guess what? If you don't have God, you're ungodly. I'm not condemning you. I'm not judging you. I'm not mocking you. I'm simply telling you, if you don't have Jesus Christ, you're ungodly and you're headed the wrong way. I'm telling you tonight that if you're walking in your own ways and leaning on on your own understanding, if you're practicing sin on a regular basis, I'm not talking about, oh God, I slipped today and I did something I shouldn't have. I'm talking about a lifestyle of sin that refuses to stop doing certain things. You're a sinner that needs God's grace. I'm not telling you that. The Bible's telling you that. I'm telling you, listen to me. I don't care how long you've been in the church. If you mock and speak against the man behind this pulpit and the plans of God and the presence of God and the power of God, if you sit around a dinner table or pick up a phone and you speak evil against anything godly, you are sitting in a dangerous place. Please understand me. You are a scoffer. Of the things of God. And you're halfway to hell. I don't care how long you've called yourself a Christian. This isn't me talking. This is the Holy Spirit saying the house of God can be filled with scoffers. Be careful where you walk. Be careful where you stand. And be careful where you sit yourself down. Amen. Hallelujah. Because the results, church, are unbelievable. The thing that I find interesting in Scripture is that when there's six degrees of evil, you can relate it. Listen, there's also six degrees of burns in the natural. There's six degrees of burns. Hell is the, the ultimate degree of evil. It is, the ulti- it is the sixth degree burn that we will encounter spiritually. Please understand this. Please understand if you don't want that. The sixth degree burn, boy, I mean, you're, you're done. You're charred. There's no, 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 no going back from that. You're dead. 
six-degree burn. That's what hell is. And if you're not careful where you walk, stand, or sit, it's where we're going to end up. You better be careful who you listen to. You better be careful. I don't care what kind of suit they got on. I don't care. Listen to me. I don't care how prim and proper they might appear. You better be careful the counsel and the advice you get from people. Because it certainly can lead you the wrong way. Please, please listen to the Spirit of God. Ungodly. Sinner. Scoffers. These are the degrees of evil these, that we can find ourselves in. But here's what I want you to understand. The Bible says that the scorner sets his mouth against heaven. Sets his mouth against heaven. Not only has his heart turned against God, but his mouth has as well too. And we can't afford to find ourselves in that position. We cannot afford to find ourselves as children of God in that position. And if you know anybody that's there, you better reach out fast. If you know anybody in your family that has come to that place, church, it's not a place of no return. It's a place that the Spirit of God can break through to. It's a place where a Spirit of God can do a miracle. And you better begin to intercede and, 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 and try to you know, allow the Spirit of God to pull them back. But this is where I want to begin to close this down, church. The ungodly have no aim. It's why you shouldn't follow them. They don't have God, so they don't have aim. The Bible says, without a vision, my people perish. The reality is, don't follow someone that doesn't have aim, because you'll get nowhere. Don't follow someone that doesn't have a vision. Don't follow someone that doesn't have a plan. Listen, the pastor has a vision for tomorrow. Concerning this building, the pastor has a vision and what you need to make sure you do is we're going into 2012 and we're going into the promised land that God has for us. Follow people with vision. Listen to people with vision. Grab a hold of people with vision. Turn a deaf ear to those who don't have vision. Turn a deaf ear to those people that have no aim, that think God is too little and God is too small, that speak negative things. Please understand me, church. Don't follow those who don't have aim, because you'll end up nowhere with them. The second thing is, the sinner practices sin. It becomes a part of their lifestyle, church. The truth is, the sinner has no desire to please God by surrendering to God. He's a lover of pleasure rather than a lover of self. Stay away from those individuals, because they will lead you to the wrong place. Listen, the sinner will stop you from walking. If you allow a sinner to come into your life, they will keep you from going forward. They will keep you from accomplishing God's will. They will stand at every corner of your life and try to get you to stop. I want you to understand, the devil did all that he could to try to stop Jesus. And the devil will do all that he can to try to stop you. He will try to stop you at every corner. Please understand this. You always have to ask yourself, whatever decision you're about to make, whatever step you're about to take, whatever individual comes into your life, are they leading you closer to God or are they keeping you from God? Are they taking you deeper into God's plan for your life or are they causing you to stand still? Are they causing you to go ahead or are they causing you to retreat? If you're not moving, it's just as bad. About everything in your life. I'm not just talking spiritually. If you got individuals in your life that are keeping your marriage from going forward, or your business from going forward, or your faith from going forward, be careful, church, because you're going to find yourself in a hurting place. 
Here's what I want to end with. The scorner has become more than a sinner. Scorners have become haters of God and haters of good. They call good evil and they call evil good. And the, and the reality is any of these individuals cannot be blessed. But David said, blessed are they, as I begin to close, blessed are they who walk not, stand not, and sit not in certain places, but who delights himself in the law of the Lord and meditates on them both day and night. Here's where I'm closing, because it's where we're going to pick up next week. It's not enough to just stop doing certain things. You've got to replace it with something godly. It's not enough to just walk away from one thing. You've got to walk towards God instead. But the reality is, you can't walk towards God until you turn your back. That's why you've got to come out first. Because you can't walk in two directions at one time. Repentance means turning your back completely on this world and sin and then heading towards the Lord. It's why we have to start with things we've got to stop doing. So my question is this. Let me read one more verse and then I'm going to close here. The Bible says, People with integrity have firm footing, but those who follow crooked paths will slip and fall. Proverbs 4.14 says, Do not set foot on the path of the wicked, or walk in the way of evil men. Proverbs 16:17 says the path of the upright and blessed leads away from evil like we talked about and whoever follows that path is safe. Whoever follows that path is blessed. So the question tonight is how many of you want to be blessed? The question is how many of you want the favor of God and the faithfulness of God and the fullness of God in your life? If you want that I want you to stand to your feet because here's what we're going to say. God, what God is saying, if you want to be blessed, you got to watch where you walk. You got to watch where you stand and you got to watch where you sit. Otherwise, you'll be empty shells that'll just be blown away. So let's pray and just ask God to fill us tonight. Father God, I thank you for your word this evening. I thank you, Father God, for your truth. And I thank you, Father, that you've shown us clearly how it is that we might be blessed by you. How we might actually have the, <clears throat> the abundance of heaven poured out upon our life. How we might find your favor. How we might find your fullness. How we might find, Father God, all of your blessings. And how we might find satisfaction and contentment and success in every area of our lives. I thank you, Father God, that you've made it clear to us how we can uh, walk and be counted among those who are blessed. And it starts by not doing certain things. So teach us tonight, God. I know there's more to this chapter, and I know there's more to this verse, and I know there's more that we have to do. But God, tonight, I'm, I'm asking that you would help us to understand and watch where we walk, God. That we're careful who we walk with and who we take counsel from. I'm asking, Father God, that you would help us to be careful where we find ourselves standing, that we never stop going forward, God, that we never stop going in your direction, that we never stop advancing your will and your kingdom in our lives, God. I pray that you would come against everything that would try to distract us and disrupt us and keep us from moving forward. And I pray, God, that you would never let us become a scoffer. I pray, Father God, that our hearts would never become so insensitive to your awesomeness and your goodness and your power that we would ever find ourselves speaking evil of anything godly in our lives. Help us, Father God, to be blessed by offering ourselves to you. 
I thank you for your word. I thank you for your power. And I thank you for your presence, God. Now let us be doers of your word and not hearers only. And go out being blessed and changed. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. We just bless the Lord Church as we always do. Amen. If you have special need, I'm happy to tarry and pray with you. Otherwise, go and be blessed.